Battery Life says we have 99 hours to record. Let's try not to use. We will not use 99 hours. Let's try to not use 99 hours. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's your boy Chris Cox here, host of Multiple Podcast Disorder, and we are getting ready to jump into a great episode, episode seven. It's going to be awesome because I have my in-studio guest. Usually I do all my uh, podcasts when I have a guest. It's always remote. We're always calling or talking to each other through various modes of communication and technology, but I have in-studio with me the wonderful, the awesome, my good friend, uh, Pastor Eddie Mariel from the Presbyterian Church here in town so let everybody know say hello hello good evening to you good sir yes so we are here we are in studio and like i said uh we are going to get ready for episode seven and before i jump into episode seven of multiple podcast disorder i would like to let everybody know where they can find me so you can catch me on social media at facebook which is multiple podcast disorder or industry or excuse me, or Instagram, which is multiple underscore podcast underscore disorder. I am not on Twitter yet. I don't know if I want to jump in that deep end with those Twitter finger sharks. I don't know if I'm ready. I've said that multiple times. I'm sitting at the kiddie pool uh, just dipping my toe in, so I don't know if I'm going to do that yet. That would be a deep dive to yes. dig down into the Twitterverse, yes. my friend. <laughs> but you can also catch me if you don't want to go through all those different links. You don't want to go to Facebook. You don't want to go to Instagram. And you just want to find out where I am and where you want to listen to all of my social medias and you want to listen to all of my podcasts. Then you can go to Linktree. So Linktree is a wonderful, awesome uh, piece of technology that allows me to put all of my social media hosting sites where I host all my podcasts and my podcast hosting sites, puts it all in one nice, lovely little app for everybody. Again, if you don't want to go to different websites, you don't want to go to different social media sites and surf, you can always look up me, look me up on one uh, website, and that's just going to Linktree. So it's L-I-N-K tr.ee slash multiple podcast disorder and that'll give you where all my links and all of my podcasts are hosted at so you can go to my social media sites such as facebook instagram you can go to spotify you can go to itunes anchor pocket cast google play google podcast you get the idea so all of my stuff all in one place to make it convenient because we're uh, super impatient and don't like to surf and do too much on social media or anything. So yeah, so go to Linktree, go check me out. Now, we're going to jump into episode seven. So like I said, I have my guest, Pastor Eddie Mario. He is in studio with me here. Uh, and we're going to talk <laughs> about iconography in film, uh, in TV, just in movies and media in general. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know, iconography is the symbolism. So what movie directors, what writers, what they put into their films that mean something either religiously, either it's just... It, it's been dubbed Easter eggs now. I think oh. a lot of iconography is under the label of Easter egg. Huh. And so 
a lot of viewers, especially Marvel Cinematic Universe viewers, they're looking for the Easter egg. What is the thing that leads them to the next? Oh, that's become like the movie. common parlance. That's the, yes, that's uh, the common verbiage, verbiage for it. Is oh, it's an Easter egg. Okay. So this, so this is an Easter egg. Oh, oh that's a religious metaphor. Oh, that's okay. a metaphor for this. And so it's uh, it's an Easter egg. People hunt for these things now. Whereas okay. before it was just kind of in there, and then it took somebody a while to figure out and go, oh, that's what that meant. Now people slow down, and well, it's, <laughs> that's interesting because I mean, for as for the as long as human history has existed, yeah, especially written history or the capacity to write things down, there's always been iconography. There's always yeah. been imagery and symbolism that we as humans are trying to understand why we're here, why we exist, why we do the things we do. And a lot of it throughout time across all variations has you know, alluded to sometimes the reasons we do the things we do is because, well, maybe there's somebody else or something else, something that is greater than us that mm-hmm. is impacting or influencing or et cetera. But it's catchy. Easter egg is catchy. It's catchy. Iconography sometimes can be hard to say. And well, I, I think the, and it's archaic. Yes, and it's so it gets so it gets lumped in. Yeah. So when you see a, a symbolism or you see imagery, I think it just gets lumped in under an Easter egg, and okay, where it's more so it, you could separate them, or right? you probably should, because an Easter egg to me is like, oh hey, that's a callback to this movie that was like five movies ago, and it was ten years ago, and that's a little callback or. This yeah. character played a this actor played a small role in another movie. So it's more expansive than yes. iconography. Yes. And then so that what I would want to me that that's an easter egg. Okay. And iconography to I guess put it on a uh, so people can get a visual of it. It's like the movie Man of Steel cuz that's what that's what we're going to talk about is Man of Steel and we're going to talk about Matrix. The Matrix, excuse me, which number 4 is coming out. I heard. Yes, I, I <laughs> I'm excited but wary. I don't I'm know not how sure that's going to. Gonna, yes, I don't know how that's going to be. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but I will go see it. Well, it will of take course. my take my money. I grew up yes. on Matrix yes. one, two, and three, so I have to. I, that's you how they got us it. on Star Wars seven, eight, and nine. So. Please take my money. I will go <laughs> see it. So in Man of Steel, if anybody hasn't watched it, which is uh, with Henry Cavill, who's also The Witcher now oh, on uh, that's a Netflix, good show. that's a very good show. He's a. I really enjoy Henry Cavill. Um, and so Man of Steel, which was one of the first movies they kind of propped around to build the DC universe mm. and to compete with the Marvel Cinematic Universes. Uh, so they, Man of Steel had a lot of iconography, references, symbolism, whichever word you want to use to describe, to basically say Superman is Jesus or it can be looked at as a reference, a biblical reference in itself. Of as a Jesus. Christ-like figure. As a Christ-like figure, okay. yes. Messianic figure. Yes. Okay. So I am here to save everyone and to uplift everyone and to make sure you are safe, so please follow me. Uh-huh. Uh, I enjoyed the movie, just to start off. I enjoyed the movie for what I really did enjoy the movie. And talking with you, and the first thing that we wanted to get out is how sometimes when a movie has an overarching theme or kind of has a symbol that they're trying to say, okay, Superman is like a Christ-like figure, mm-hmm. they slip things in there that aren't necessarily biblical. And we were talking before the show started. We want to let kind of let our listeners know. Well, sure. One of the clips that you... So I, I have not seen Man of Steel all the way mm-hmm. through, so I need to go back and, and watch that, so I will. 
put that caveat uh, out front. Uh, but the clip that you sent me was where uh, Clark Kent, as Clark Kent, mm-hmm. uh, approaches a pastor of some sort. Uh, I'm assuming this gentleman knows that he is also Superman because he's you know making reference and uh, reference to understanding about his powers and so and then we have a flashback scene to Clark being picked on in high school and mm-hmm. uh, learning to not smash the kid in the face who's the bully by squeezing the fence post and yes. putting a dent in it and we come back and he's trying to wrestle with what he's going to do uh, apparently it's come to a crux in the movie yes. like he has to make a decision as far as whether he's going to He's going to decide sacrifice if, himself yes. or sacrifice humanity, yes. and he has to make this decision. And the pastor, uh, as as Clark is leaving, the pastor stops him by calling out something to the effect of, more or less, you know, sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith, and the trust follows. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like has become that 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 leap of faith. Um, turn of phrase mm-hmm. has actually become quite uh, pro- it has pl- proliferated yeah. the American culture and the irony behind it is I went ahead and I just double checked I mean always double check yes I could not find that anywhere in scripture as like him quoting the Bible yes and so one of the things that we talked about is that it's interesting how folks will do that writers whether it's anytime we see something presented on screen, mm. screen has become an authority figure for yes. us as a culture. And so we trust, Oh, it's on the screen. It's so it I can, must be real. It must be real. I can yeah. trust it. And so, uh, then I'm assuming there are at least a, a good number of folks who are like, Oh yeah, he must be quoting the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Leap of faith. No, he's not quoting the Bible. <laughs> um, I can see how there would be, uh, how, how that could be drawn out, mm-hmm. um, this this idea of leap of faith. But I actually, I actually, what occurred to me was that I actually kind of wanted to counter the idea of taking a leap of faith and trust will follow. And the reason that I wanted to kind of counter that is because one of the one of the for me anyway one of the key points in the life, uh, key turning points in the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, as depicted in. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel, the gospel narratives, is that in the last week of his life, after he you know, comes into Jerusalem on Sunday, typically mm-hmm. now we refer to that as Palm Sunday, and then it's yes. Holy Week, okay? And on that, um, what we now call Maundy Thursday, the Passover, he has the Passover meal with his disciples and has all that good stuff. After the, after the Passover meal is when he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay. Okay? And in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, there's a bunch of other stuff that happens, but the, the crux of that is that he gets gets there. And as he gets there, he falls to his knees and prays mm-hmm. and begs God the Father to take this from him. He says, God, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. But not my will be done, your will be done. Mm-hmm. That's trust. Yes. That that's tr- that the trust comes first. Yes. In the, the in, and the faith comes after. And that's when he then says, "Okay, let's go." Okay. My betrayer approaches, and that's when Judas comes up with the crowd, kisses him on the cheek. You know, he's told the so not necessarily just saying a blind leap of faith. Like you're not just gonna take a leap of faith, and then because you take that leap of faith, 
now you then certain then you have faith. It's more so you get to the situation. And it's like I, I don't know what to do. It I, yeah, yeah, and it, it, I feel like the blind leap of faith has kind of come become associated with you know just just trust, just trust, just mm-hmm. trust. And there's a lot of folks yeah. throughout the years. And again, I, I'm a pastor, as yeah. you, you you said. So these are my colleagues and my, you know, my mentors and folks who have gone before. Folks have manipulated that, mm. unfortunately, for years. Oh, well, you just got to trust. You just got to have faith. And then, you know, you just got to have faith. And then, you know. It'll be okay. And it'll it's be a way, okay. It's an easy, quick, it's a, it's a kind of a quick, like, slot machine way yeah. to get people to understand religion or to understand things are going to take time. Yeah. So it's like, it, oh, just, you just have faith. It'll be okay. But that doesn't mean sit still and do nothing. <laughs> well, and and what is missed is, you know, that's the end of his life. That's yes. the end of his approximately 33 years on, on, on earth. Yeah. And uh, end of his approximately three years of ministry. And what is skipped when you, when you do that, mm-hmm. when you make that the crux and just, oh, have faith, it'll be okay. When you make that the crux, you totally discount that's depending on the on the you know uh, the, the the gospel narrative you read like yeah. Ma- Matthew has however 20 odd chapters that's like the second to last chapter yeah. you just discount yeah all the rest of that you discount the prayer time mm-hmm. that he had in communion with you, the, the work. work of building the yeah. trust you don't see the work you just say just have it just have the but faith but you've never created it and there's it, been no build. No. And there's what, been no foundation laid. And the movie, and we talked about this too, and what they do is they they give that message, or the mm-hmm. writers have that message come through the actor who is the priest. So that's another way, like you said, it's on TV, it's on the movie. Yeah. So that makes sense because the priest is saying it and it sounds priestly. It, or it, it sounds, sounds religious. religious. Yeah. And then so then you're like Got it. And ah. so it, it fits the movie that, oh, so, you know, basically he really needs to have faith. This is this is his walk. This is yeah. his leap. And it 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 throws it. It spins it on its head at it, and it doesn't fully represent the hard work that well, was it, put in to get it there. Makes, it, makes, it makes faith easy. Yes. And for a lot of years, that is what folks have been doing. Mm-hmm. They've been trying to make faith easy. easy, and it's just, it's not not true faith. It's no. not. It's not. And it's its doing the church a disservice, I mm-hmm. think. I would, you know. Which which I think. <laughs> and I'm talking capital C no. church, like all the churches yeah. everywhere. No, but I think that goes into the movie, because had we not seen the work Clark puts in. Right, which is what you were telling me about. Movie, mm-hmm. Like growing up and having to learn how to deal with this gift, these powers that he's have, mm-hmm. having to grow up dealing with the loss of his father. Uh, first of all, don't again, don't kill me. This is not a spoiler alert. This movie's been out for like six years. So if you haven't seen it, it's <laughs> That's on your you. fault. That's it's on you. <laughs> it's on TNT like every other day. Like if you have Hulu, you can watch it. Like I don't want to hear anything in the comment section. But, uh, you know, so the loss of his father, the loss of his real father, the loss of his home planet, um, the the loss of himself because he doesn't know how to reconcile who he is with who he's probably going to become at some point. And so we 
without if you just turned the movie on and just saw the the priest say you know sometimes you got to take a leap of faith then it makes it easy that he's going to go ahead and be superman Mm -hmm. but i think that's the one thing the movie not the one thing but that i think in that terms of that situation talking the movie gets it right without trying to get it right absolutely they weren't trying to get it no they weren't trying to get it right because they showed the work they showed everything that came up before he decided so to technically, make this he's not really taking a leap of faith. No, that's the irony. He's actually had trusting he's, in his powers now. He's done in, the work. He's yes. understood who he is. You were yes. you you told me about how you know he he spent all that time trying to understand even even the gradations, yes. uh, the 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 how to apply mm-hmm. the powers and when and how yes. much and how to do you know a hundred percent how to do fifty percent which yeah. yeah that's all preparation. Yes. That's all trust building. Yep, that's building the trust within right. himself. Right, so he didn't take a leap of faith. No, he just decided that's... he was going to trust himself. Yes, he was going to trust himself and say, okay, I am, I can do this. Yeah. This is what I was put here for. This is the message that my adoptive father was trying to mm-hmm. give me. This is the message that I'm learning now from my biological father through um, hologram. So right. this is what I'm learning how to be. Yeah. So you help me make the decision by showing me that I can trust myself. Which is what we are to presume mm-hmm. that Jesus spent 30 odd years doing, doing yeah. before he entered public ministry. And then even in the midst of his public ministry, maybe he wasn't working on his trust so much. He was, and yeah. you know, he was in regular prayer and communication with the, with God the Father. But he was working on those disciples. Yes, <laughs> which is the, he was preparing them to trust. It wasn't yes. like he didn't say, "Okay, I'm dead. Take that leap of faith and keep believing in me." He was like constantly alluding, yes. "Hey, by the way, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to, the Son I, of Man's I may gonna not have be to here. die. Yeah, I may, I may not, not be here. here. Sometimes it was re- specifically referencing himself. Sometimes it was." you know, analogizing, analogizing himself to the temple and all yeah. this stuff, you know? Well, and, and it's great. He was be, preparing them. He was. And <laughs> it was great because, in, and that goes back into uh, Clark's um, uh, adoptive father, that he was preparing him and getting him ready. Like, like I said, in, in off air, we talked about the scene where, again, it's not a spoiler alert. <laughs> I read the off scene with the reason why Clark's father passes away, which I think causes a lot of self-doubt and a lot of discord within Clark Kent, within Superman, because mm-hmm. he knows that with his powers, he could have saved his father. But his father understood, yeah, you can save me, but everyone else is not ready for how you're going to save me. They're not ready for you to see you as what you mm. really are. They're not ready for that. So if I have to sacrifice myself, cool, because I want you to be safe and I want you to be ready to show your powers and deal with what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a big crux in the film or a big scene in the film that I think caused a lot of discontent because he was like, I could have saved them. the one person at the time that I really wanted to save. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even allowed to save because mm-hmm. the rest of you people would have reacted back. You know? freaked out. Yeah, so it's like it causes, and I think that is... That is the issue he's wrestling with. Mm-hmm. He's like, when I really wanted to save somebody, I couldn't because you weren't ready. Yeah. And now the world is asking me to step up and save them, 
but you're not necessarily ready either. So how do I make you how ready? How do I navigate this? Yeah, how do I go through that? Which then leads into the scene we just opened up with, which is, you know, Clark talking to the priest and like, how do I do this? How do I give myself up, so to speak? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I am an alien, but give myself up so as to save humanity and save the world. And how do I reconcile with that? And how do I reconcile with the world knowing what I am and what I can do? So that calls to my calls to mind for me two different things that you just talked about. So one, as far as the secrecy. Mm-hmm. So throughout history of Christian tradition and scholarship and whatnot, mm-hmm. there has been references to, and, and, and not even references to, there's been study of, it's yeah. very clear in the, in uh, I believe it's Mark's gospel, the, the, the so-called messianic secret. So there yeah. are, there's lots of times, uh, which is, and of course, just for context, four gospel accounts, one gospel message, but they all have a different kind of take or they mm-hmm. all have a different emphasis or mm-hmm. a different audience they're trying to speak to and reach. And so uh, I believe it's Mark that is the messianic secret. If I'm wrong, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's one of the four. Yeah, don't, um, don't kill him. In, don't kill, don't kill him in a context uh, section. Uh, it's know, okay. Yeah. Um, but there's this idea that you know Jesus does these amazing things, these healing things. He has these abilities. He has yes. these powers. He can heal people. He can resurrect. All He himself will be resurrected. And the concept, the idea behind the messianic secret is exactly what you were just referring to as far as what Clark's father, earthly father, was trying to mm-hmm. communicate to him, which was the fact that, yo, the people aren't ready for you. Like, they cannot handle these things that you can do. Like, not at all. They, they're they going to freak out. It's not time yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, There's also, there, the, uh, the concept is that because they're going to freak out, they're going to hang you up. They're going to kill you yes. right now. Yes. And you need to do the work that you need to do. You're three years of ministry. So he's like, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to heal you because that's what I'm here to do. But sh- shut up about it. Yeah, don't tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, don't tell everybody. And then the other thing that was interesting that she brought up that uh, sparked my, uh, raised my awareness. You were speaking of just, I think... I'm trying to remember how you said it because now I got I lost it, <laughs> but I, I know what I'm referring to. Yes, but you said something to the effect of how Clark has to, um, like, like be human. Yes, right. Yes, right? He has to like like be human and like almost show that there is a connection. He had to have that connect point, mm-hmm. right? And so the other thing that that whole conversation brought up is that, you know, again, messianic secret on one end, but on the other end, then you've got John, mm-hmm. the gospel of John in which he raises Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. And it was a timing issue, right? Yes. And so, you know, f- the, the thing that Martha, the brother of Lazarus is so frustrated about, she's like, man, if you had just been here earlier, he'd still be alive. Yes. And the thing that connects him, mm-hmm. shortest verse in all of Scripture, John, chapter eleven, Jesus wept. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's this connect point that happens that uh, enables Jesus, that enables mm-hmm. Clark mm-hmm. to connect and to be present, to be with his new. Mm-hmm. or assumed, or his group of p- folks that he came to save. 
And then another connection, just because I didn't know that, especially about Lazarus. You said Lazarus's wife was named Martha. Well, his uh, sister. Sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark's mother is Martha. There you go. And yeah. and not that she ever held it and said, it, well, if you would have went out and saved your dad, you could have. But that's, that's what just, it was. But yes. The, 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 yes. Yeah, because you were talking about the dad. Yes. That's what it was. And I was like, what yes. are you talking about? And I, 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 and I find that fascinating because I didn't know that. So I find that fascinating. That's, that's another connection that the comic book writers, whether they did it on purpose or not, it, it seems to flow very well with the whole Superman as a Christ-like figure. figure mm-hmm. Excuse me. So it, it's very interesting. And then also in further movies or in, even in further comic books, Superman mm-hmm. does get resurrected. Superman does die at some point and does come back and does get resurrected and it is uh, still a character. And there are other people that try to take his place and can, can't can really fill the void that has been left by him because he is the more than a superhero he is a symbol of what everyone should strive to be and so it's very interesting to see that and especially with man of steel and you you talked about doing the work and then doing things the messianic secret um during clark's i don't want to call it pilgrimage but during the time when clark left home when he left home and he's trying to find himself so to speak uh he's doing tons of good and saving people but he is moving on, taking no credit, and uh, not allowing himself... And that himself, would be the messianic secret Yes, part. and not allowing himself to to be known. Mm-hmm. Like, he saved his school bus. At one, when he was younger, his school bus went off into a river, pretty much in normal yeah. circumstances, everyone dies, and he saved his school bus. And people who thought they saw him push this bus. I mean, it's a 14-year-old kid pushing an entire bus yeah. out of the water. And they're like, well, we thought it. And they were like, no, you hit your head. It was yeah. okay. It wasn't him. He just kind of swam out. He was fine. He didn't do anything. And then later on, he saves an entire um, oil rig. And yeah. the, the So he's doing these yes, things. Yes, he's doing good. And the and still remaining elusive. Yes, and a or reporter. Poor people are confused. Yes, and people are like wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. And there's a reporter that's trying to find him. Yeah, and this kind of leads into the the, the Lois Lane, the love interest. Okay. Lois Lane is on a story of someone that does immense good and does these like superhuman feats, but no one knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lois Lane it kind of like tracks him down, and Lois becomes even more so than his mother because he loves his his adoptive mother and he loves mm-hmm. his adoptive father and they taught him how to be human and how to be a person of this earth and how to just live mm. but his true connection as to I want to now save this earth this place where I live was to Lois Lane because he fell in love mm. which in from my very novice <laughs> um, understanding yeah. of the Bible is love is like the key thing in everything. You know, there are, I mean, I would make the argument that if we wanted to fully understand, well, A, we will never be able, that's the thing, we yeah. will never fully be able to understand love yeah. because love in its purest and truest form is the divine. Yes. And so with our limitations, as we are not divine, we are created, we will never fully be able to comp. Uh, comprehend what love truly means and, and how it the, connects to, us. to even plumb how it connects to how yes. it plums to even plumb the depths like yes. think about your spouse think mm-hmm. about your mother again yes. who whomever uh, nope that's nothing compared but, to 
the love that is the divine. Yes. But these are things that connect. Love is yep. what connects you to someone that connects yeah. you and tethers you. And so his love or budding love for Lois Lane is what tethered him or connected him to humanity, which then makes him more human, which then says, I would need to save you because mm-hmm. she's a part of this. And Jesus love for humanity would come as the son of God. Yes. So it would be the reference that again, John makes in his opening to his gospel. The word was God. The word was with God in the beginning without the word, there is nothing. <laughs> so, so very, I mean, that's, it's, it's awesome stuff. Cause I like yeah. to get into, cause I know watching again, novice, like I'm not someone that I don't go to church very often, like mm-hmm. very once in a while. Um, I do think there is a higher, there is definitely something out there. Sure. But I, I'm, for different reasons, I don't subscribe to certain things. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> um, but so, but I remember watching it and going, wow, that's really interesting how yeah. that connects. Or, wow, that's, that makes sense. And there's a scene that I, I didn't well, get to send you. Hang on. Yeah. Because there was another thing that you said that yeah. made me think uh, as far as, Clark still doing the miraculous things and still kind of just people aren't really like yeah. quite sure. And just like, what is it? Plausible deniability? Yeah. Is it, you know, <laughs> what's going on? But it, it, that's very much Jesus as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, I'll, I'll take the Matthean account, Matthew's gospel. He's got no problem about saying Jesus did this thing and he healed these people and he, you know, all the things that healed sick, people, all that stuff. And then yet as he's coming into Jerusalem, on Palm Sunday, yeah. Jerusalem, the holy city, the place where God is supposed to be present in the temple, mm. the people of Jerusalem are like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah, because no one knows. <laughs> because he's, it, you know, the, the, I thought you'd be what? bigger. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. I thought you'd be Who's bigger. Who's this clown? Yeah, what, what, what is going on? Why are y'all laying palm fronds on the ground? What are you yes. doing? Oh no, it's Jesus. He's yeah. the guy. It's the guy from Nazareth. That's the one that's been. He's saving a priest. Everybody. He's really? a prophet. What? So and and I I, I find I find all that stuff so very like it, so very interesting and there's a scene where there's some things that are subtle in the movie where they allude yep. to the being of Christ and there's some things they think like to really just beat you over the head with it sure <laughs> and there's one scene as that, Hollywood is one yes to do. I mean I mean they take a really big bat and beat you over the head yeah. with this one Bludgeon, but there's yeah. one scene where he is on uh, the spaceship General Zod gets him and he frees himself and he has to go back to Earth. And um, he falls out of the spaceship um, backwards. And as he's falling or floating towards it, because, you know, Superman can fly, he's floating. And, and those of you who've watched Man of Steel probably was like, wow, that's a lot. You didn't have to do that. Because uh, you, you know what I'm saying as I'm talking about it. And he's floating towards uh, Earth. And he's like, he unfurls his arms. And, you know, his oh, feet are almost he, crossed. He takes he, on yes. like a crucifix oh, position. Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. And he flo- and with earth in the background as I am, I am coming I am to save you. I am sacrificing myself for the planet. Yeah. And it was like, wow, guys, you're really beating over the head with this one. I get you. I, I got it. Okay. The first, you know, 45, Where his like ankles crossed too. It was very close. <laughs> it was very close. Then it really would have been over the head. And very funny. Like there's a lot of funny uh, memes on YouTube. If you're looking up, it's like a one hour loop of someone screaming, I am Jesus, as he's doing that with the video <laughs> playing. It's actually really funny. Like, I bought this, like, a five-minute version. It's actually kind of it's funny. It's worth it for five. It's yeah, not it's worth it, it for, it's not 60. Worth 60 minutes, but it's actually kind of funny. 
Um, and so it's interesting to be able to talk to you about that, Eddie, because I, like I said, I, I can talk to you about it myself. Yeah. I can kind of drive my wife insane and talk to you about these pop culture things. Sure. And she's like, just glazes over like, I'm done. I don't <laughs> Which is kind of why I started the podcast in the first place. Cause it's somebody you had to have to somebody to. to talk to. I did. Cause you know, <laughs> and at least your eyes can't glaze over or I can't see it. That's <laughs> to right. Those who are the listeners. Listener yes. Like, uh. So, uh, so that's amazing to, to, to hear your take on it and the imagery and to kind of see, how some things aren't religious, but get played as religious because of the writers give us a person who we believe to be religious mm-hmm. and they send us a message and it's not necessarily the message, the correct message. Well, uh, and the, 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 intent, their, the heart is in the right place, but it's their not. Their heart's in the right place. And, you know, to their, I don't know, we can't know what they were, if they were intentionally trying yes. to do that. But, Again, as I said before, with the whole leap of faith thing, like that has kind of become cultural norm, cultural yes. parlance. It's and almost it's, pop culture as it's a way. Pop, it's it's, pop, it's pop become cultural. pop culturalized. Pop culture religion. Yeah. And it's just not, in my opinion. No, it's not it. <laughs> it's and not It's great. not the truth. Well, I, and that's why you're here. It's you <laughs> get to give your opinion and say, that's not really I, This is It's not pop religion. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want you to mix the two. Don't blur the lines. Yeah. And and then don't speak it yeah. through a medium that you would say right. I trust this person because it's coming from a that's priest. just it. So that's something like, I don't that I wanna, would hear to say. I don't want to fully discount amazing faith experiences because yes. those are real. Yes, those are real, and I want to give full credence to that. Faith mm-hmm. experiences are real things, but the vast majority of people, mm-hmm. it's the slow grind, man. Yes. You miss the work. It's the slow grind. I, I didn't. I have I. Have I encountered God? Yes, I have encountered God. Mm-hmm. The trust didn't come from that encounter, though. Yes. I trusted God well before yes. doing the slow build. Mm-hmm. I trusted God well before the encounter came. Yes. And the encounter actually came in a moment where I was like, uh, I think, yeah, am I doing the And, the, and he was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> oh, I was like, I feel it. Okay, I got you. Okay, message received. I hear you. That yes. was a clear and resounding no. I mean, mm. <laughs> and then so, and I think that's good as it, it, it the work, and and that's the thing that, like I said before, the movie got right is they showed you yes. this buildup of Clark Kent, of Superman, of all these things he had to struggle through. Because even when they did the beach over the head scene with yeah. him falling out with the in the crucifix, yeah. like that came after all the work, right? It did. That was one of the like very very last tail end of the movie, mm-hmm. and it and it you had to understand where he came from, which I thought they did a great job of uh-huh. humanizing Superman. In effect, of showing you. All the things he's overcome to make the decision to yeah. be Superman. It wasn't just like I have these godly powers. I'm gonna take over and be Superman. It was like I don't even know if I want to be everyone's hero. Right. Like I just want to have like get married and like be a family <laughs> man and just live. Right. And that was actually the inverse mm-hmm. of what was going on with Jesus. Was uh, when I was referring to that prayer of Gethsemane yeah. or prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Like he actually had to get to the point where he's like, all right. I'm going to lay aside my godhood and go ahead and let these clowns, obviously he didn't use the word clowns, but I'm going to go ahead and let these people crucify me. Yeah. Like, they have to see He could snap his fingers and be like, nope. In a second. But not my will, your will be done. I I have to prove that I'm actually here for you. 
and mm-hmm. he had to go through the internal struggle of I want to be here for you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very similar. And and with that, that and that's one of the things I want to talk about, which is Man of Steel, because I I think those are certain things that as I'm talking about it, people who have watched it have oh yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes, uh-huh. I understand that. And the next one, which I think has been widely debated since it came out 21 years ago. <laughs> Is the Matrix trilogy, <laughs> and which yeah. do it? Yeah, and doing my research on this, the Matrix trilogy actually was released on Easter weekend in 1999, well, and I, well, I, I would I not have known that, and I didn't pay attention to it because no. I, I remember seeing it. 1999, I was 19. I didn't care about when I, movies. I came was out. 18. <laughs> I was eight, so we were there. Yeah, I was 18. I remember seeing it the night it came. I no, I yes, I remember. I remember cutting school. Oh, shame and, on you! <laughs> and it was and and uh, me and another person, which I, you know, I will rename nameless. But they know who they are. Um, she knows who she is. Um, we went to go see the Matrix together, uh-huh. and we saw the Matrix. And I remember like being completely eye open. Yep. And I came home and told my parents, and I was like, "This movie is like the greatest thing ever." Mm. And then we actually went to the movies that night. So I saw it twice in the same day within like a five hour span yes and it was still amazing it was still like wait watch this part watch this part it was still amazing and then watching it when it came on DVD, and it's actually when it came on VHS. Like I actually watched it when it was on VHS. You had a VHS. I did. I, I had I, no. I in my first year I in college. VHS. It was called <laughs> the rental place was called Boob Tube. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it, yes, it was. It was in Lock Sheldrake, New York. That's where my junior college is at. It was in upstate New York, and it was in Lock Sheldrake, New York, and it was called the Boob Tube. And of it was a it v- was. it was a VHS video rental place. It was a electronics repair shop. Oh, sure. It was also a TV. You can buy electronics. <laughs> like, it was all in one. And we had to, like, you had Ma- to, you know, Old school Walmart. Oh, yes. And we had to hustle. And it was probably the size of this room we're recording exactly. right now. Yeah. And we had to, like, hustle and get people to drive. Because it was, like, a 20-minute drive to get there and get to. So, like, they never got their movie back. But anyway. They <laughs> <laughs> never got the VHS back. But so we went there and rented it. And we watched it. And I remember. Mm-hmm. But being able to sit and watch it in my own house or in my dorm room at the time, yeah. thinking about, wow, this is a lot of like Bible stuff. Like this, it seems like there's a lot of Bible stuff in this. And then as it went more, as you got more of the story became open to you, whereas in uh, part two and part three, yeah, and they started verbally dropping cues and hints, it was like, oh. Aww. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the first time when I when I heard or was introduced, and this is in Matrix Part Two, um, in uh, the inter- being introduced to the character Seraph, I was mm, like, I yep. again from my like novice understanding, Seraph, that's an a- angel from the Seraphim. Like I yep. understand that, and then understanding that he was able to see how pure someone is through combat. Like he had to face someone in combat to see how pure of heart they were. Hmm. Like, cause again, it breaks down to you're at your most true base self when you're in combat. So you can't hide from anybody of who you are. Like you're, you're, I mean, you're that most, would fo- I mean, yeah, your I suppose that would follow. Yeah. You're, 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 you're your most base, like, yep. 
instinct is when you you're can't fighting. Re- you don't have time to think. You don't have time to think or yeah. hide or shut. Yeah. You the, know, pre- the, the cognitive part no, of your brain you're shuts just, down. You're it's just survival mode. defending yourself or fighting or attacking. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Seraph is able to deem if they are able to go see the Oracle. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Reloaded. Because Revolutions is a lie, I believe so. Don't kill me if I haven't mixed up. Um, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was very interesting. And then yeah. when Neil uh, looks at him, because he can see everything in code by this time, right? He is he has a glowing gold aura, okay. which is different than any other character in there. And I'm, I was I'm trying to remember this. Yeah, and I was like, it's wow, been a while. That, I was like, wow, that's so interesting. And then they dropped another hint as when Seraph is is working with Neo and they're trying to go see the Merovingian, which is alluded to be basically the devil of this world because he chose to go down and be with the humans, so to speak, because he uh. was tired of dealing with the architect and everything else. Uh-huh. And so it was interesting because when he goes in and the devil has this club, and I think it was like... It's in French. Oh, it means, I'm remembering it means this. Un- okay, means underground or something like that. And it's really weird. Like it's a lot of like, you know, be uh, bondage and sadomasochism. Like they all wear like masks. It's it's a really kind of out there thing that they they don't focus on, but you see it. And one of the yeah. one of the the bad guys, one of the henchmen, sees Seraph and refers to him as wingless. And he's like, oh look, it's wingless. Which there was a war at one time before this, which means he he lost essentially lost his wings yeah. in this war, and so it was very interesting. Why would they say that? And then going by and, and reading other articles, and, and like I had forwarded this article to you yeah. that I was looking at, and it, which is like super interesting in terms of reading uh, what the Matrix was about and, and what its understanding. And uh, pull up here so I can get just quote it correctly and it's called the religious and theological themes in the matrix is by raz m and it's uh i took this off the medium and you, it's an app that you can get and, and uh it's you know theological and re- religious archetypes mm-hmm. uh and it was uh, the article was um dropped on march 4th 2018 so it was you know two years ago just about and i thought it was amazing to, to see or read more of the religious, you know, iconography or themes more than just the ones that I could catch. Okay. With my eye. Yep. And just like I said, we could talk for hours on them, but focusing, fo- focusing, speak right. <laughs> yep. Focusing specifically on Neo, which everyone is that the easy stuff, which Neo is the anagram from the one, the one is the Messiah who is going to lead the humans uh, back into uh, prosperity or be their savior mm-hmm. against the you know evil robots that overlords trying, overlords that are trying to take over, and I thought it was interesting watching it because I could never understood why he didn't believe he was the one, even though he's being constantly told that he's being the one. So he is extremely skeptical throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, mostly, yeah. He's skeptical throughout the whole movie until like the last twenty minutes, and then after reading this article uh, on the Medium app, the and it's uh, Raz M. That's the article's author. He makes an allusion to um, Neo and his counter 
or his um, matrix identity as being Thomas Anderson. Anderson. So I just him, saw that yeah, paragraph. So him, That's really interesting. Yeah, so him being a doubting Thomas, basically, or, mm-hmm. or, or making that illusion that he doubts himself the whole time until he finally realizes that he has to be in this role and he has to be the one. And by just saying, I'm just going to do this and have to do it, mm-hmm. then he gains that faith, so to speak, that he actually is the one. Mm-hmm. And once he makes that reference or once he uh, reconciles that within himself, then that's when you see those in matrix godlike powers that he has, that he has taken on that role of being the Messiah. Once he's finally assumed his identity, yes. not yes. assumed, but assumed. Like yes, he's taken it on and said, I owned his this identity. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And it takes him a long time to do this. And for the most part, he believes it and he has to do it. But then it doesn't fully take until he's resurrected. So but the, where was is that the first one? That's the, the very second, first that's one. That's the first one. That's, that's what the first I one. So he gets resurrected and then he's like, Oh. Well, shoot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what this means. Mm-hmm. And then, then he's able to fully shape reality to however he wants it to be. Yeah, that is interesting because Yes, the symbolism is there, but, you know, Jesus of Nazareth yeah. did not need the resurrection no. to own his identity. He was fully aware of mm-hmm. his identity prior to the resurrection, and as we alluded to earlier, that would arguably be what would give him the trust first yes. to make that leap to say go ahead and yes and kill me yes kill the body yes um and i'll just resurrect it <laughs> god will just resurrect the body i think that that's so that a, that it's it's inverted yes. i mean it, the symbolism is still there yes. there's no denying it but but it is inverted, inverted. i think cuz i think they showed the work the movie like what we talked about in, in man of steel they showed the work up to that leap of faith when he decided I'm going to assume my role. I, I think, and the reason why, and I'm just using that, I think the work was, it is, it is they had to show him go through these trials first to decide that the he was training gonna, that Trinity yes, was giving him and all that he stuff. He went through the training, but he also went and saw the Oracle Yep. and the Oracle, instead of, she could have, she knew who he was. She uh-huh. knew he was the one and she could have said, yeah, you're the one. But instead she said, nope, you're not it. Sorry. You know, and she says it in this Knowing real nice way. Knowing that in order for him to actually become, yes, he had to he come had to, to it of his, his own, own accord. Yeah, yeah, sure. She goes, nope, you're not it. He said, but I tell you what, you you feel all messed up now, but you are you know have a cookie. When you leave here, you'll be right as rain. You're mm-hmm. going to feel better. But the cool thing, I think, when I watched it like for the thousandth time <laughs> and understanding why this scene was put in there, because I'm like, why didn't she just tell him? You know, you always want to go, why didn't she just tell him? She could have yeah. told him. I mean, it would have been a shorter movie, but she could have told him. Yeah. But what she does is she says, no, you're not the one. But she also says before that, she says, oh, and don't worry about the vase. Because she's an oracle. She can see into the future. She knows what happens. She says, don't worry about the vase. So he like turns around and looks and knocks the vase over. Yeah. And then which goes to... You know, if she hadn't said that, yeah, maybe if she he had wouldn't said have turned it, around and knocked it over. And then she says, "What's really gonna?" She, I think she says, "If I quote her right, she's really wanna." She said, "If if, uh, if you really wanna bake your noodle, 
is would you have still knocked it over if I didn't say anything? Yeah, exactly. And then, so then when you watch that again, and then you watch her say, no, you're not the one, is, again, what would you have done if I hadn't said anything? And mm. so with her, without her saying that he's the one, he has to follow his path and decide I'm going to be the one because no one can make you do it. So you have to decide on your own. Of course. Um, accountability, ownership, mm. uh, you know, self-accountability, self-ownership. You have to make the choice to be who you're going to be. Yes. And that has always been the case. And I mean, I'm going to try to not go off on a tangent <laughs> because I literally this today, earlier today, driving tangent alert. I, tangent I was, but we alert. were talking about this very concept of like yes. accountability, personal responsibility, and just how it seems to be waning yes. at a minimum. Yes. No, and I would if agree with if you. not all out gone. Done. And <laughs> you know, the I Jesus always owned this identity. Yes. I mean, since, since you know, since that's what I'm in here for, I, Jesus always owned his identity. Clark Kent finally got to the point he had to own his identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neo had to get to the point that he had to own his identity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about scapegoating. It's not about finding alternatives. Mm-hmm. It's just about... Doing the, here we go again, doing Doing the the work, work. doing the hard work, doing the Mm self-evaluation, looking inward, turning inward to just be like, okay, who am I and why the heck am I doing the things that I am doing? Yeah. You know? And so part of Neo's journey that makes makes it distinct from Clark's is that I almost feel like Clark had these human parents who were giving him hints and clues that were a little bit more overt as to Mm -hmm. far as who he is. Like, okay, no, you have like his powers manifested just like that. There was no delay. There was Mm. no dodge the bullets, son. (laughs) It was just like slowly, but surely. Oh yeah. I see things. I see people skeletons. That's not right. Yes. With Neo and this kind of, you know, you made the allusion to the doubting Thomas earlier. He had to go through this process where there was, yeah, this, this like doubting and this questioning and, Mm -hmm. and that's the flip side of this preparation that we've been talking about doing the work. Cause a lot of the work is yes, building towards faith or Mm -hmm. uh, wholeness Mm -hmm. or, self-accountability, self-responsibility. I know who I am and I know why I do the things I do. And along the line of that work comes doubts yes. and questions. Yes. And comes... Because you're not sure. Because you're not sure. Cause it's, and it's, you have to do the work of actually answering the questions. Yes. Right? Like, faith is not easy. It never has been. And if anybody tells you, if you if you if you are a person listening who does go to church or goes and tries to have faith experiences encounters, if somebody tells you, yeah, no, you don't don't question, just believe. Run the opposite way. <laughs> Run away. No. You you have, you to, have to ask questions. questions. And we have to do this work yeah. where we say, Okay, did you seriously just say 
whatever it is that we said yes. that sounds incredulous to you. Yes. yes, things are going to sound incredulous. And we do the work and then we and then we decide, okay, is that still so incredulous? Mm-hmm. It is. Okay, fine. It's still incredulous. I don't believe it. But then we get, okay, maybe that's not so incredulous. Maybe mm-hmm. I can get on board with that. And that was Neo's yes. process. And his his questioning or his... <laughs> His, I think his question is, is can I do this? I think when he decided, okay, uh, those of you who watched the movie, again, not a spoiler, came out in 1999. It's been out for a while. Even he, I have seen this Yes. One. He decides to go rescue Morpheus. And he's like, I'm just going to go do it. Nobody else is going to do it. I'm going to go do it. I think that was his first question to himself is, can I do this? Hmm. And when they successfully inter- infiltrated the building, when he successfully dodged the bullets, when he successfully started taking on some of the agents, uh, more and more his his faith was growing. When he actually did save Morpheus, it got to the point where his faith that, okay, maybe I can do this, got to the point when he realized he couldn't run any further from Agent Smith and he had to fight him. Had to, had to stand. Yeah, he take had to stand. stand. And so he and that's took exactly his, what Jesus yeah, did. And so he right? took had his to take stand, the stand. And he got beat but came back but won and then died and then once he came back then that faith was completely renewed because he's like i took my stand i did what i had to do and i'm still here so hello i am jesus so is I am, alive so like, i am the one that can do this and to use say the one i am the one that can do yeah. this which is why the well, end isn't of the movie, neo the one? one yes the anagram of the one mm-hmm. and so it's very interesting of how they played that and i think they did that a little more subtly subtly than in man of steel because I think you had to continue to watch the Matrix over and over and over and over and over again to start figuring some things out. Because yeah, so there's different illusions that they made, and you had to continue to rewatch these. And even in the second film, when you see Seraph, um, or even in the first film, you see Oracle. So they they threw more than just Christianity at you. They threw you know Greek mythology with having an Oracle and dressing her how in the her referential colors mm. so she, in the movie she's always wearing green mm-hmm. and green is always associated with the oracle in greek mythology mm-hmm. and so they just the, the bible has oracles yes, as well yes, i mean so yes. it's, it's greek and it's greek biblical, and biblical reference as well yeah. but they didn't just say okay it's christian like like in yeah. superman it was like yeah i'm just christianity mm. whereas in the matrix it took from so many different it picked it was a buffet of yeah and superman was, seems to be very much Christocentric, yes, uh, which would be primarily New Testament, and just with uh, seraph and and whatnot, and oracle and Trinity, like that's very much a comprehensive pass across both the Old and New Testaments alike. So it, they were trying to just like I said, they were, yeah, like, almost like a buffet. They were like, yeah. okay, we're gonna take this. I like this. Mm-hmm. We're gonna use this. That works. And I think you had to watch that more, and then you start to go, okay, that yeah. makes sense. Okay, then they really yeah, Nebuchadnezzar's Old Testament yes, too. And then they really start to beat you over the head in the third one in uh, Matrix. Uh, I think that's Revolutions. I think you said Revolution. You that's said Revol- two is Reloaded. Re- yes, Matrix is Reloaded, and then Revolutions is the third one. And in Revolutions, that's when they really 
the whole sacrifice, Zion, the whole thing. And he's like, oh, okay. And Zion is definitely Old Testament. Yes. Zion is Jerusalem. So, yeah. Zion is the city of Jerusalem. And that's where that's where the humans, that's where the people make their last stand. And that's what... Now I'm remembering these films. Yes. It's been so long, yes. but I've and, seen all three. I have. Yes. Okay. And that's what Neo, the one... Uh, the Messiah. That's what he's fighting to save. Yeah, because they're they're pretty much being overrun at this point. And yes, he sacrifices himself. He realizes that he's not going to win this battle and be there to see the fruits of his labor. Like he has to sacrifice himself in order for everyone else to live. And which, ironically, in Jesus, it's Zion and the people of Zion who put him to death. Yes. <laughs> and he's saving them in this one. Even while they put... Well, but, I mean, he is saving them. Yes, he's saving but them. But they're still the ones putting him to death. They just don't understand, understand and recognize that they need saving. And in, in this, in The Matrix, they do that. And not that they're praying to him, but they're they're hoping hmm. he wins his battle because they know if he wins his battle, he'll win. They'll the, win. The battle for they'll, all. They'll win. And there's a... There's which, a is ex, which is Jesus. Yes. So provided Jesus comes up from that grave, provided Jesus wins the... Wins, quote yes. unquote, the resurrection. Then they're in Then there. we all win. And then what, what happened, too, is there's a small part... And I, I, would, I don't want to say it's a throwaway line... But Lawrence Fishburne, which is is the actor who plays Morpheus, oh, I love Lawrence oh, Fishburne. He's, he's so multifaceted. <laughs> I was about to give him dap earlier, just remembering him in that prison in the first movie. Yeah, I was just, oh yeah, yes. he's so good. <laughs> he's, he's on point. <laughs> yeah, but so Morpheus, as he starts to see the robots, the the you know the simulations, the computers, he once he sees them stop hmm. and they stop attacking. He says he fights for us. And so that was the moment that he realized that Neo has either either won or he has sacrificed himself and they're going to live. Mm. And so I really, at first I think it was a throwaway line. It was just something they put in there. But I think as watching again and being older and watching it with older eyes and, and having... The, the wisdom yeah, that you accrued. Yeah, and having more education in certain sure. things and going, oh, okay... Now I get it. I mean, and his sacrificing scene was, it was very similar to the Superman scene where when they take Neo away and he realizes that, okay, I have to sacrifice myself to the machine. Hmm. And then once I do that, then you need to back away from everyone else. Like I am sacrificing myself to you so they can live and we're not going to have this war again. It's done. And so once he does that, uh, they take him and they, you know, they basically connect to him, and he starts to uh, get taken back into Machine City, and he's more of in a sitting pose, but very similar to a crucifix uh, crucifixion position, again. position. And so, you and know, even just your language of he has to sacrifice himself to the machine. Yes. Depending on which stream of biblical scholarship you follow. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Jesus does. Yes. He sacrifices himself to the machine that is political mm-hmm. um uh political and religious everything you know combined up, right? The yes. Sanhedrin and and they've all cozied up together and he's like, "Yeah, this power that you think you have, 
that's not the way to go. No, first will not. be last, and the last will be first. And but it it, it has become machine mechanized. Yes, um, and that is something that he sacrifices himself to, in order that it can be overcome. Yeah, and it, it essentially reset the program. Yeah, and it allowed humans to actually, for the first time, truly live free. Yeah, and uh, it was very interesting to see that. It was very interesting to see how that imagery and then also to see i i guess what you could say as uh the 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 whole the father god which is the architect mm-hmm. talking to the oracle and basically saying that you know we'll hold this peace as long as we can hold it based off of his sacrifice basically saying the sacrifice of their son because they created him and they mm. created this was the sixth iteration, if I remember my he was the sixth iteration of them creating the one to try and reset the system the whole time. Uh, well, and, so of course yeah. that's very different. Yes. Yeah. That, that that's not yeah. like really but I'm saying that he just saying that there's a father and there's a mother and there's sure. Jesus uh yet being Neo. Yeah. And then um what also came out with it and I discussed it with Superman is what connected him or what connected Superman to say that I truly want to make this decision to fight for humanity or sacrifice sacrifice, myself for humanity. That's the same thing that was different with Neo. And it was a scene where through complete, like a huge use of large words that flew over a lot of people's heads. um, Basically the architect says that the difference between Neo and, and the those that came before him is his love for Trinity mm-hmm. and his willingness to try to save her, which and then in turn means I'm going to save everybody else because she is part of this. And so that that was different. And they had never had someone that made the decisions he made because they had, they had never had someone that was in love. And so his connection to people was what. I think made him more powerful than those that came before him. And that is now I'm coming out from the gospel accounts, but uh, John also writes three letters towards the end. You know, they're, 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 they're at the end of the new Testament, but mm-hmm. first John three, six, this is how we know what love is mm-hmm. that one would lay oneself, lay one's life down yeah. for the other. And that's, that's I, what essentially he did. Yeah. And she did. She sacrificed herself for him and he, he was extremely sad, like I couldn't save you. And he was she to comfort him was like, you know, without me being you, I would have never saw the sun. Yeah. And see, there was this, a small glimpse in the movie, like before she passed away, that they actually she actually got to see the sun. Yeah. And then she was like, Without you, I've never saw that. So like mm-hmm. this brief moment, this brief microcosm of our relationship, of our love is basically I was able to see the sun with you. You were my son, you know, you're my whole love, my love. And so it was very interesting that that pushed him towards hit a to continue to fight harder and b to also make his his decision to say, okay, I'm not gonna come out of this. Like, hmm. I I am not gonna survive this. Like, if this is gonna be done right, then mm-hmm. I have to give up myself because that everyone else is it's greater than me. Yeah, and I think that's where that movie starts to go to, and I and I just kind of loved it when you start to understand what the architect is saying. It's basically that through love we can't account for the decisions that you're going to make, 
because no one, because then you start to realize that this has happened before and there's been a one before, there's been a quote unquote savior and the savior and they've always, all failed well, because they didn't have the love component. They've all chosen the same thing. They've all chosen the same path. They go back, they re, they, you know, basically wipe out humanity, they reset and then they go back again. They've, mm. they've done the same thing. Neo in this version, the version we get to see, mm-hmm. he's like, no. Because <laughs> yeah. they said, okay, you can go back to the Matrix and reset it, or you can go try to save Neo, uh, save Trinity. And he's like, boom. And he's like, I'm going to go save Trinity because that's the person that I love. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we don't understand that. Like they, the, the computers couldn't understand that decision. Right. And then that leads into the concept of love in revolutions of of doing what you're supposed to do or doing what you're, you're, this is your lane and you're supposed to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when they're talking about these two computer programs that instead of doing what they were created to do, they fell in love and basically created another program, mm-hmm. which was a child. And then they said they were on the run. They were basically fugitives because yeah. of their love and they couldn't, because the rest of the computers couldn't understand that choice. Right. They couldn't understand that choice of love, which then, was kind of telling the audience that Neo is going to have to make a choice based out of love versus based out of what he's supposed to do. Which, on the one hand, makes Jesus totally mysterious Yes, to a lot of people. They're like, how could you sacrifice yourself for everybody? Like, mm-hmm. I just, I can't do it. But then, by the same token, makes Jesus imminently relatable because... Of love. We can all... Relate to love. And we can all think of, or at least I hope we all can. You're a father. I'm a father. Yeah. yeah. What, what <laughs> would we do Wife and kids? Love? Yes. Take me long before yes. anything what, happens to what them. What we would do for I, them. So, and it, yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's amazing. It's, which is, and it's, it, that's what's so confusing at times. Because like I said, on the one hand, it makes Jesus super mysterious because people are like, ah, nah, I can't do that. But then at the other hand, I'm like, well, no, think about it in terms of, again, who are you willing to sacrifice yourself for? So why can't we just, why why is it not allowable to amplify that and make it for a greater number of people? Yeah. I, <laughs> you know? But and, 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 and I think that's a cool thing is that we're able to kind of discuss that and then go into that, and then you can relate it. And again, mm-hmm. not to beat religion over the head for everybody who's listening. But I, know, to understand, I know. But to understand that there are these themes in the films and the TV shows that we watch, and it's good just on an academic level to understand, oh, sure. just to understand what is being said. And you don't have to take the message and say, oh, I need to be more Christ-like, or I need to more go to church. But right, just no. find it great that... Our storytelling, if you really look at it, our storytelling hasn't changed in thousands of years. Thousands of years. We are still essentially telling the same story. The hero, the hero epic. Yes. It hasn't changed. We're telling the same story and in the same story. And and you will say, oh, but this is different. And a lot of stories, all they added was love. The motivating factor mm-hmm. in any story is love. People do horrible things out of love, and they and they do really great things. Noble love. things, yes. And so that's really cool to me. I think that's kind of the overarching theme for me. And talk sitting here talking to you on the show is that we haven't changed our stories. 
and we talked about two movies separated by more than 14 years mm-hmm. uh, being uh, Man of Steel and being The Matrix. And they're still the same story, essentially. I mean, there's a lot of d- window dressing on it. Sure. And, but and we the same come, story. Yeah. And we could come back in here four or five more times and pick two more every yes. time. Just and almost Star at random. Wars. Yes. Lord of the Rings. I mean. Anything. Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, it goes on. Yeah, we it's can endless. Pick, we could. I can pick any anime and some that we're just yeah. talking about to you, and it'll be that same story. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so I, I just wanted to say that I thought that was amazing, and I appreciate you being on the show. Oh, Eddie. It was I really a do. joy. So it's a pleasure. You, yes, if you you are more than welcome to come back and be on the show. Uh, to my cool. I, I always joke and say my seven listeners. I do have more than that. Oh, hey, <laughs> I, seven's a good start. I know man. we started with seven. <laughs> we're, we're moving up. Started for the bottom. That's now it. we're here. Gotta rise up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate being on the show. And oh, thank you. Time to be here. My uh, pleasure. So, so everyone, Pastor Eddie, Eddie Mario, thank you for being on the show. You betcha. Thank you for kind of rounding out our topics. And again, everybody, if you want to check this episode out, it'll be on a variety of podcast hosting sites. And again, if you don't want to go to every site differently, you can always go to my link tree. And this is not a commercial because I am not getting paid for this. Link you're tree, not? Link tree, if you're listening, I will take a contract because <laughs> <laughs> I go. need it. So let's get some paperwork going. Okay. I know a lawyer. Let's do this. Yeah, you do. I do. So <laughs> everybody go to my link tree. So it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash multiple podcast disorder. And it will take you. You'll have a link to be able to go to all of my sites. You can go to my social media sites. You can go to Facebook, Instagram. Then if you want to listen to my podcast, you can go uh, check out my podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Pocket Cast, Google Play Music, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and CastBox. Also, Overcast and Breaker. So there's tons of ways that you can listen to this episode and others in my back catalog from the rest of Season 2 as well as Season 1. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you again, Pastor Eddie. I know this is your wrap. Yes. I have to interject. Yes. Multiple podcast disorder. Yes. Multiple podcast disorder. Come on. That (laughs) that is a wonderful title. Well done by you. And I definitely have that disorder. (laughs) Myself. Yes, because don't put me in a box. I will talk about anything. (laughs) And I I will And I will listen to about anything. (laughs) So and I always say if you like to listen, I like to talk. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll leave you with some cool music. And as always, peace.